Welcome into Bucks Insider Live presented by Verizon. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith, and this is the NFC South Champions yeah. version. Consecutive. Consecutive NFC South Champions version of Bucks Insider Live, which means we have a lot to talk about. As always, if you have any questions for us, you can leave those in the comment section underneath oh, our oh. live video on Facebook. For now, we got a bunch of honors and awards to start with, which just furthers the feeling of celebration this week as we're looking towards the playoffs and very deserving for both Tom Brady and Mike Evans. Tell us about the uh, the awards they received. Well, Mike, unsurprisingly, won NFC Offensive Player of the Week. What I do find surprising about it is that I looked it up. It's the first time he's won it since his rookie year. What? Yeah, he had the 209-yard game against Washington and won it that. And this, this week, he almost beat that with 207 yards, but also had three touchdowns. It's the first... Uh, game in Bucks history that a guy's had over 200 receiving yards and three touchdowns. It's the first time it's happened in the NFL since Jamar Chase last year. It was just an enormous performance. Every touchdown was absolutely critical to the victory, and it was exciting to see him and Tom hook up. And then Tom won the FedEx Air Player of the Week award, which is one that the fans vote on. So, you know, it, uh, he gets votes. If yeah. his name's on a list, he's, he's going to get votes. Get but it was votes. definitely deserving with oh, yeah. 432 yards and those three touchdowns, no interceptions. One of his best games, actually. Probably his best game of this year and one of his best games since he got here. Yeah, I was glad they both got an award because obviously it kind of took both of them yeah. to help the other one yes. get those kind of stats. Couldn't so do it without the other. Both very deserving. And then also, Rondé Barber, now a finalist for the third year in a row. Tell me about, in your mind, what are the odds? What are the chances the rest of the world finally sees what all the Bucks fans know? Yes, I think he's. I think this is the year, and I, I hesitate to say that because I said that a couple times for John Lynch before yeah. it actually happened, but it did finally happen. But I look at the list. It's not an overwhelming list of new guys. It's um, Daryl Revis. Um, Joe Thomas, there's one other. They don't absolutely blow you away. Right. In terms of, it's not like Peyton Manning is on the ballot. Right. So you worry first about the new guys immediately getting one or two of the five spots. Mm -hmm. and you look at the rest of the list, you know, uh, there's a new uh, Albert Lewis, a uh, cornerback for the Chiefs from back when I worked for the Chiefs, which is a long time ago. <laughs> um, he's been eligible for 20 years and he's finally a finalist. So obviously that's not what you would consider an incredibly strong candidate in terms of, you know, in relation to the other. So I just look at the list and think, if Randy's going to get in, this is the year. Yeah, that's going to be huge. We, I just so hope it is. He's so deserving. He's so very, very deserving. He has the longevity. He has the numbers. He has the key moments. He has the kind of changed the game a little bit, the way he kind of revolutionized the slot corner position. Mm -hmm. And now everybody plays it that way. I think he checks all the boxes, and I don't know why it's taking this long. Yep, I agree. All right, so now let's talk a little bit about that win that secured the NFC South championship. What stood out to you aside from just the result? Well, the, the fact that Brady, Tom Brady really stood in the pocket a little bit longer than he has in a lot of games this year, and that was partially a function of uh, good protection, and both of his tackles were in the lineup for the first time since November. But there were some other plays where there was some pressure, and he stood in there a little bit. And it, it, they made very, the offense, I thought, made very good use of play action early on, which is something we're seeing a lot more of here in the final month. And I think it's just they're having success, though. They're continuing to do it. Although I will say each of the three Mike Evans touchdown passes were not involving play action and in all of them well at least the first two Tom stood in there for a while like the 57 yard of the second touchdown they, we had three pass catchers out to the right that one of them was a tight end that all ran routes and Tom looked over there for a long time and even pump faked at one point and had all that time to do that and then about three and a half seconds after the snap which is a long time he turns back sees Mike and immediately lets go so 
longer developing plays allow you to get some of these explosives that we've been missing. And so hopefully this is a trend that continues forward. All right. And then I know also Chris Godwin, another guy, just keeps making catches that even, even on a day that Mike Evans does what he yeah. does. That is wild to me. So tell us about what Chris did in that game and then just what he's been doing lately. I know we've talked about him a lot lately for this, but we just keep yeah. having reasons to. I know. He's, he had nine catches for 120 yards. So think, think about this. Tom Brady had a 300-yard passing day just thrown to two guys. That's crazy. So it was a typical um, Godwin performance. Lots of key catches that move the sticks. Lots of yards after the catch like you see on that one. And he ends up with 120 yards and nine catches. So now his streak is 13 straight games with at least five catches. Just too shy of the Bucks record. But the thing that I wanted to point out is that with those nine catches, he got to 98 on the year. And remember, he was hurt to start the year. He missed two games, and he's still going to get to 100. Wow. Assuming he plays on Sunday, which I think he will. And he has an outside shot and another nine catches, and he breaks Keyshawn's single-season record. So, yeah, we've been talking about Chris a lot the last three or four weeks, a lot of graphics for him, but he just keeps doing something new that's cool that we want to highlight. Yeah, as he <clears throat> is very deserving of that. Um, and then I know also another person that we just keep talking about for the same reason, Tom Brady, fourth-quarter comebacks. This guy, first of all, I know the team would rather this not be the stat <laughs> that is necessary. They would rather not have to come back, but it is very nice to know, especially going into the playoffs, that – you are capable of it, and boy, is he capable of it. It just, every time, every time you need it. Now, do you know how many touchdown passes he has this year? No, I do not. 24. And you know how many of those are in the fourth quarter? It's quiz time, Casey. <laughs> yeah, all of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good guess. Go higher rather than lower yeah. for sure. If this was Price is Right, I would, yeah. I would go 23. Um, 13. 13 wow. fourth quarter touchdown passes. That's a lot. That's and, a lot. You, and then, of course, he also had the touchdown run. So mm -hmm. add that to the list as well. So we all again, know he's such a, a running quarterback that he's, well, that's he, his specialty. He has, yeah. But he has, um, throughout his career, been very good at the sneak. He is. He is incredible. That, that. one he just kind of burrowed underneath. And mm -hmm. I was thinking they, they changed the ruling on the Leonard Fournette one the, a moment before. I'm like, they're not going to be able to overturn this one. You can't see what happened. Yeah. They just came in, pulled people off the pile, and he's lying over the line. So that's touchdown. The, that's the key to those yeah. plays. Just make sure that no one can see you. Yeah. And then by the time they pull him off, make sure you're over the, You're over the line. So the graphic there showed that Tom now has 46 fourth quarter comeback wins. There it is again. Uh, he already had the record, but we just thought we'd throw it up again just to show. He just keeps he, extending and, and it. He just, and, and that, you know, what does he have, three or four this year? Something. It, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, I'd have to look it up to see where they all came, but that's a lot in one year because he's been playing for 20 three mm -hmm. years now. Yep. So that's an average of two per year. So he's over his average. This yeah. Year. And I mean, he's going to just keep extending that streak because most of the guys on that list are done. So yeah, he's yeah. just going to keep Matt Ryan. Matt yeah. Just that Matt Ryan's the, the only one. We don't know what his future looks like, but three out of the four other guys are, are all done playing. So he's just going to keep extending. Well, that. hopefully, like you said, he doesn't need to keep yeah. extending. <laughs> that would be great. That's just one of those some. records that you're like, you know, I'm good if that's my final number. <laughs> um, OK. And then also, I know that we've had a, a lot of injuries uh, lately, as is kind of common this time of year, and a lot of them on defense, in particular, outside linebacker, DBs. Um, and it's let some guys step up and step in mm -hmm. that maybe hadn't been expected to have the biggest roles this year. But when you have the next man up mentality, it is really nice when the next man up really does play at a high yeah. level. Where would be we? Where would the Bucks be right now without Anthony Nelson? Just. He has answered the bell in such an incredible fashion. Shaq Barrett went down in week seven or eight. I think it was eight. I think it was Baltimore. And since then, he's been starting. And he was doing a good job of starting. But then, Carl Nassib gets hurt. Jannard Avery gets hurt. 
and you're and he's playing every single snap, which as we said probably last week, that's unusual for an edge rusher. Mm -hmm. But the last three games, he's literally played every single snap. Meanwhile, Sean Murphy Bunting, he fills in for a couple games for Jamel Dean, who's had a great year. Then now he's filling in for Carlton Davis, and he also has played every single snap the last three games after not having a whole lot of opportunities for most of the year. And both of those guys are just stepping up and producing, and they're the ones most responsible for the turnovers that we're finally seeing over the last couple weeks. And so if you look at this, you're going to see some zeros on here because Sean's not going to be sacking players and Anthony's not normally going to be intercepting, although he did have one that was overturned by a penalty. But 100% snaps for both of them. In the last three games, uh, Anthony Nelson has 2.5 sacks. He's got two big forced fumbles. And in the last three games, Sean Murphy Bunting has five passes defense. He had the big interception last week. He forced a fumble. The ball went out of bounds. But still, these are the guys that are putting the ball on the ground or snatching it out of the air. And the Bucks are finally getting some takeaways. Yeah, and I know Coach Bowles just always talks about how smart Sean Murphy Bunting is. That that's the guy that he really has that's a lot true. of confidence in, in terms of his ability to understand the game and to have had Coach Bowles your whole career, essentially. He that's knows true. that defense, knows it inside and out, knows what he wants of him. And I think that's such a key to being a a backup that can come in and perform is knowing exactly what you're supposed to do, that you're not having to, to kind of learn on the fly. And I think he just thinks so highly of him in that you area. You know what else? Well, you know what else Sean can do? He can catch the ball. Always not handy. All, not all of those guys back there have been have shown that they're great at actually catching the ball when they get a chance, but he does. But yeah, you kind of are in this situation right now, and you said accurately that he was a backup because that's what he has mm -hmm. been for most of the year. But the Bucks basically have three starting caliber outside cornerbacks, which is a good problem great to have. To be in, yeah. You just wonder when all three of them are healthy. Yeah. Is there a role for Sean at that point? But thank goodness that the Bucks have. Mm -hmm. this yeah, year. it's so true. Um, so now this is typically where we would talk about some keys to the game, maybe against the Falcons. But I feel like as we all know that the outcome really doesn't matter in terms of what's going to go on with the playoffs or all of that. Of course, would they love to have a winning record? Sure. Does you know, do you always want to win? Of course. But when the, the winning is not important to your overall goal of what you're going to do in the postseason, what do you feel like is the goal of this game? What are the things they're going to want to accomplish to feel good about the team going into the playoffs? Are you playing your starters? at all the whole time some of the time who are some of the guys you think they should sit who are some of the guys you want to get a look at that doesn't mm -hmm. typically play what's that going to look like on Sunday well I think the goals are twofold um, there's a few things that you want to work on we were talking about how the offense made some strides in the last game and you'd like to see if you can continue that and build some momentum offensively and then get out of the game without injury now so you get the debate do you rest your guys or do you play them and continue to try to build momentum and don't let them get rusty, but also expose them to the possibility of injury? Now, Todd Bowles is in the camp, and I think I agree with him. Uh, you can't, you can't live in your fears. You, you have, you, you can get injured at any point, and you just that can't be part of the equation. And it seems like that is when you get injured is when you're trying not he to said, get injured. He said yeah. that specifically. Mm -hmm. So he said on Monday that he intends to play his starters. Now, this is not a hard and fast 100% statement. You know what I'm saying? During the week, they will be evaluating this guy, maybe not because he's a little too banged up. Right. And also, do they do they potentially pull them after some point in the game? And the reason I think that could happen is because he specifically was asked about the quarterbacks, and he sure, Todd was yesterday, and he sure made it sound like there's a very decent possibility that Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask could get into the game. Yep. And just the fact that he said it's there's a good chance that Kyle Trask gets to dress on Sunday, he's active for the you know, after being inactive pretty much every game, tells me that you're not going to bother keeping him active if you aren't thinking about playing mm -hmm. So, Especially that, when you're trying to have so many bodies available to play 
potential backups that you don't want to address someone that you wouldn't don't use at all. Use, yeah. Right. And so, you know, there's some positions where you, like we were just talking about, Anthony Nelson and Joe. I mean, you can't really rest them because you've got Who no other outside linebackers. Yep. Or, but there are guys that you could get some playing time for. Keyshawn Vaughn. KJ Britt, mm -hmm. Logan Hall, the, the, our first pick of the draft this time around, a couple of receivers, like maybe Scotty Miller gets to play, maybe Devin Tompkins gets to play a little bit more, so you have a better feel of what you can do with those guys. But I do think there are some like packages, like if Tom Brady's playing, Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs are right. playing, right? Yeah. But if Tom comes out, maybe those guys come out. Yeah, but which that's always so tough. I, to me, whenever you're in this situation of you want to rest people, offensive line is always the complicating factor because there just aren't very many of them. There's eight. Yeah, that's it. So it's not like you can wholesale sit the whole line. It's not possible. And then, of course, if you're going to play Brady at all, you're not. You're going to play him you're with play your, your best, best guys. Line, so yeah. you can't not dress them if Brady's going to dress. Right. So it's like the decision to dress Brady is also the decision mm -hmm. to dress all of those starting five. Right. And then again, you are left with very few to sub in there. So that to me is always the interesting dynamic of it. And I do think in some ways it would be great to, if you are gonna see Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask, to wanna see them with some of your starters more because you typically don't always get to see that. That when you do see them, it's preseason and mm -hmm. they are playing with the right. twos or threes. And it would be nice if you really are trying to evaluate those guys for down the line for whatever reason to see what they look like mm -hmm. with the ones a little bit more. But then is that what you're thinking about as you're going into the playoffs? Right. That's Probably not, the not as much. Goal, not the number one goal, but would be nice. But like you said, it's not the preseason, so you don't have 80 guys. Yeah. So they're going to be playing with some of the starters. Yep. By process of elimination. Going to be so interesting to see that. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider Live presented by Verizon. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you next week.